Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Hey, today I want to talk to you about this, though. I want to talk to you about waking up the bear inside of you, right? You know this, I know this. Uh, in the winter, grizzly bears hibernate and, and they're just out for the winter. And for some of us, we have been hibernating spiritually. When it comes to our life, when it comes to us being the man or the woman of God that he has called us to be, it's kind of like we've gone dormant and we're like, I'll get to that whenever I want to. I'll get to that whenever it's convenient. I'll get to that whenever there's a better time. And I'm hoping this morning, I'm hoping today you step up and you step into who God has designed you to be instead of who you just settled into being, right? Because some of us were just like, well, this is just me. No, 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 that's not just me. That's just who you've settled and you've just excused being instead of stepping up and stepping into who God has designed you to be. So today I wanna talk to you about bike crashes and mountain climbing bike crashes and mountain climbing. And as we start this off, I want to give you a quote by my good friend, Nate Gormley. He said this the other day on his social media account. If you're not friends with Nate Gormley on Facebook, it's like reading a fortune cookie every day. Um, And he said this, while we are free to choose our actions, we are not free to choose the consequences. That's good. And it's true. Um, While we are free to choose our actions, we are not free to choose the consequences. And this was made very real to me last week. Last week I was with uh, my best friend since high school. We've been best friends since my sophomore year in high school, so that makes me really old. Um, But I went to Newport Beach, and he lives really close to the ocean. That's where I go a couple times a year to go surf and ride electric bikes. And if you hear the word electric bike and you've never been on one, you think lame, right? And I think lame. Like when, I, when Corey told me he got electric bikes, I'm like, okay, hippie. You know, I'm like, what, what, what are we doing? And then I got on one and they go like 30 miles an hour and you can ride them on the sidewalks and they're fun. Like they are really, really fun. And I, I've gotten really comfortable on them and that's a dangerous thing, right? Because when you get comfortable, um, you do stupid stuff. And so your pastor did something stupid last week, um, which shouldn't surprise any of you. Um, but we go to pick up his son, Drew, who's in water polo, and we're picking up Drew at, at the school. And as they are getting dismissed and we're going back home, in the parking lot are speed bumps. When I say speed bump, that means ramp. To any man, you're like, that's, a, that's an ability for me to show my old school BMX, you know, like sweet, sweet skills and Drew's friends are all watching, you know, and I'm like, okay, watch. watch. And so I get on, I just floor it and I'm going like 15 miles an hour because it went a whole lot, right? And I hit the first bump, boom, you know, and I felt like I was like this high is probably this high, right? Like I'm like, woo, and I'm speed towards the next one. And I jump, and when I come down, instead of hitting the throttle, which is on the handle, I hit the front brake. Oh, oh, it's right. There's still some residual effects that happen from that, oh. 
And literally in that moment, everything went slow-mo. You know what I'm talking about? Like you can't stop it and you're seeing, like I swear my voice went, no, right? Like I hit, I fly over the handlebars. All the moms are like, were you wearing a helmet? No, loser. Um, (laughs) Wear a helmet. I'm a child of the 80s and 90s. We didn't wear helmets and we drank out of water faucets, right? Like, give me that garden hose, woo. Lead paint, come on, man. Like, that explains a lot, right? And I went flying over the handlebars and I land, I mean, literally, I land on my right side, boom, like this. Bike lands on top of me. And I'm going, what what happened, right? I pop up, no, right? I pop up and I'm like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And Drew, my my friend's son's like, bro, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, the bike's bent up a little bit, but you know, we straightened it out. He's like, that was awesome, right? And just starts laughing. All Drew's friends see it. And this little Hispanic mama driving by in her minivan, drives by, I get up and she rolls down her window like halfway and she goes, Aren't you okay? I was like, see. I was like, you know, I was like, (laughs) apparently I'm bilingual from the wreck. Um, But like, I was like, man, like, and and I'm not making fun of her. That's literally, aren't you okay? And I'm like, see. Um, And I was, I've, I've, Felt great, you know, I was like, okay, I'm all right. I'm, no, I'm doing good, and I, I did not think what happened would ever happen, right? And I think that's life. Life's a lot of times, you're just rolling and jumping and doing your thing and going through life, and all of a sudden, something hits and you go flying over the handlebars of life. And you're free to choose your actions, but you're not free from the consequences of your actions. And while I was down, Right, I'm down for the count. I had to decide something. Either act like a sissy and and, and just be like, oh, somebody help. (laughs) Just an Oklahoma boy, you know, in a California world. I don't understand the rules. Um, Or get up, like get up, right? And, And that's what I want to tell you. Just because you have fallen, it's our first point today, doesn't mean you can't get back up. Some of us, when it comes to life, you've fallen. And, and, and here it is, you can blame everybody else, but at some point, you got to own you. Yep. Right? you got to own the actions and the choices you made that got you here, and you have fallen, and you have bit it, and you went over the handlebars of life, but just because you have fallen, understand this, doesn't mean you can't get back up. You're not the the old woman off the Life Alert commercial that says, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. You're not that person, right? There's a way for you to get up. When I got up, I dinged my hand a little bit, just had a little scrape, a little tiny thing right there. Um, Scraped my my shoulder, this shoulder, my shoulder, and I didn't realize it, but I kind of like did something to my ribs. And like the other day in the gym, I'm like, nope, nope, nope. And they're like, what'd you do? I'm like, you'll hear about it Sunday, right? And so, and, and the re- reality is, was it embarrassing? Yeah. But I lean into embarrassing moments, right? Like, you want to know the best way to deal with something embarrassing? Just own it. Stop being like, don't make fun of me. Stop laughing. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to make fun of you. I'm going to poke that bear and I'm going to laugh harder, right? Um, like, 
it was it embarrassing? Yes. In fact, this week after I've been gone, Drew had water polo practice, and the first thing they did, all his teammates gathered around like, bro, we saw your dad on the bike totally wipe out. Like, is he okay? He's like, that wasn't my dad. That's my dad's best friend, you know? I'm like, so, so everybody saw. I mean, there was a line of people waiting to pick up their kids. People saw it hurt. It hurt my pride. Corey's like, don't ever touch my bike again, right? There was consequences. But I had to make a decision to get up. And some of you, you have, man, you hit it and you bit it. And life's that way sometimes. And you have messed up. And really, the person to blame, it's not your parents. It's not your spouse. It's not your ex-spouse. It's you. It's you. And you've fallen, but you can get back up. And this morning, my prayer is this, is that something inside you gets up. That something inside of you raises up and you almost get angry because you've been down and out for too long. Our text today is found in the, in the book of Luke. It is probably the most famous parable that Jesus shared, and it is the parable of the prodigal son. And I love this story. In Luke chapter 15, it says this. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So, so here's what's happening. This is a huge, huge, massive, disgraceful thing for the son to even ask and request. In, in essence, he's telling his father, hey, I don't care if you're alive in fact, I wish you were dead just so I could get the stuff that's coming to me. And this is something that was, man, you felt the, the, the effects throughout the community. The community would hear about it because it was such a disgraceful thing to ask. The neighbors heard about it. The reason the older son in this story gets so mad is because all of a sudden it puts a lot of pressure on the older son. And it puts a lot of, now he's got to take care of his father's uh, estate, his own stuff, and there's a lot of work that he's got to do. So the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings I moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. And we can talk about that in some other sermon. About the time his money ran out, about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve because gas prices were over four dollars. He he persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into fields to feed the pigs. Now this is a big deal. Because you've heard it's not kosher, right? Jews have nothing to do with swine, with pigs, because they are considered unclean. Uh, Ceremonial, scriptural, anything. So you'll never see a good Jewish boy eating bacon, bless his soul, right? Um, So so the young man became so hungry, he persuaded the local farmer to hire him. The man sent him in the fields to feed the pigs. And the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. 
please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. thing I want us to know is this. The youngest son made horrible decisions and it wasn't just one bad decision, wasn't just one bad choice. What I have found, it's not the first bad choice that costs you, it's the babies that it has afterwards, Right? Don't let bad choices have babies. Um, like, just don't do it, right? And some of you are like, wow, that's really too close to home today. But it's, it's not the first bad decision that the, that the young, younger son, the prodigal son, made that cost him. It was choosing to leave the father and choose to live in wild living. And all these things brought him to a place of this pig pen moment, right? And here's what I want to tell you today is don't let a bad situation rob you of your senses, so many times we let the bad situation and we let the, 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 the bad choice rob us of our good, God-given senses. And if I'm, when I read this, it always blows me out of the water. How in the world did this younger son get here, get to this place, to this moment? If you would have told the prodigal son, hey, if you do this, then this is going to happen, he wouldn't have believed you. Right? He would be like, man, that's never even a temptation. That is no, no, no way that that's even an option for my life. But what wasn't even an option for him all of a sudden became his reality. And for some of you, you're sitting there going, man, I don't know how I got here. You're watching online going, I don't know how in the world my life has come to this place, to this point, because this wasn't how it was all supposed to play out. And I don't know how what was never an option, what was never a temptation, all of a sudden is my reality. And here's what I would tell you. The way that you got there is you compromised yourself there slowly because you made a 100 compromises, small compromises along the way, and it left you eventually compromised. Some of us were saying, well... I guess this is just me, right? Because, because when we get into a bad situation, when, when we're here, we're like, yeah, yeah, this is me. And so this is just going to be who I am. That's what we do next. It's a defense mechanism. And we say stuff like, well, I've just, I guess I'm just never going to be that Jesus following type. Right? This whole following the God and this whole living for him, just, it's, it's just not going to be me. It may be my brother. It may be my coworker. It may be my friend that invited me here today, but, but maybe that's just not me. And we start making excuses of why it's not us and why we will never be that person. And because this is what has happened and because this is my situation, then this is who I'm going to be. And today I want to spend just a few moments because you're letting your situation rob you of your sense. You're letting your situation, you're letting a situation become the whole story instead of a, just a snapshot of your life, right? And so many times we say, well, this is just me. And here's what I would tell you. The reason you've never really been full in following after Jesus Christ, the reason you have never done it is because you've never really tried. Right? Some, some of us, we've never really tried, honestly, Never really put our all into following Jesus. Because when it got hard, we stopped. 
when we had to say no to ourselves, what? Self-control, self-discipline, I'm out. And here's what I've noticed. You know, we don't sin halfway, do we? No, we, we, if we're going to sin, we're going to sin. Like, hey, watch this. Hold my beer, right? Like, that's what we do. Like, watch this sweet jump on this electric bike. That's what we do. When we sin, we don't sin halfway, but I have noticed we follow Jesus halfway, and we don't know why it doesn't work out. It's true. We're not fully invested. We're not fully following. And so when we follow halfway, right, we, we sin ex- like to the extreme. And if we're going to do that, then we've got to flip the narrative on this and the script of our life, and we've got to be extreme in our following of Jesus Christ because Jesus said this, if you're going to follow after me, right, because it's not about meeting Jesus, it's about following him, then you're going to have to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow after me. When grace becomes an excuse to live in sin, you're no longer under grace but under deception, right? Well, this is just thank God for God's grace. No, no, no. That's not the way God designed you to live your life. If you say, well, this is just me. This is just my reality, and thank God for God's grace. No, you're not living under grace anymore. You're living under the deception, and you've just settled into being something and somebody that God never designed you to to be and to stay. And today is your wake up, come to your senses moment. The second thing is this. We say, well, I've never been able to do it because I just don't know how, all right? I just don't know how to follow Jesus. I don't know how it looks. I don't know. And here's what I found out. You don't have to know how when you know someone who does. You don't have to know how to do everything when you know someone who does know how to do everything. A few weeks ago, me and my wife went to Telluride. Um, we did a hike. It is called a hike called Via Ferrata. Um, and it looks like this, right? And so I think we've got, yeah, there we go. Um, so I talked Casey into this. We're about 500 feet up in the air. Um, certain parts you aren't buckled or carabined in. Some of you are like, I'm out, right? Chet Craig was like, nope, I'm out. I'm not doing that. Um, I think we've got some other pictures if you can just go through it. But can I tell you, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. Everybody's like, how did Casey do? Man, Casey was like a little mountain goat up there. She's just popping everywhere. It's the only time I've called my wife a goat, right? Like, probably shouldn't say that. But she was like, boom, 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 boom. There were moments that were scary for me because, and there's a whole other message in this, and we'll talk about it next week. There were moments where your footing was a foot wide, and you weren't strapped in, and he was like, hey, careful. I'm like, ADD's not kicking in right now. I'm listening. I'm focused, right? I'm being careful. He's like leaning to the mountain. I'm like, well, the other option's leaning this way, right? And we'll talk about that next week. But, but I was like, oh, I got you. But, but there was a time where we had to go around this boulder and we're strapped in, but Casey like walks underneath it. And I'm like, really? Okay. And, and, and I'm having to go across and I'm starting to sweat now. I'm like, Woo, because I don't, I know that the, the, the cable can probably catch me, but I don't want to find out. <laughs> and so I start listening to a guy who knew what he was doing. Everybody meet Dave. That's Dave, the guy you don't know. Everybody say, hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. Dave was our guy. Dave knew what he was doing. He told me where to step, where to grab, when to move, when to pay attention. Pay attention, Justin. Focus, 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 right? Like, 
Dave, and I didn't have to know what to do because I had a guy, right? I got a guy, right? And here's what I would tell you. So many times we think we need to know how are we going to be able to get from here to here. I didn't know how, but Dave did. And you've got somebody who named Jesus Christ who calls himself the good shepherd, right? And he tends to his flock and he knows his people by name. And they know him and he knows them. You have somebody else called the Holy Spirit whose job is to guide you in all truth. And as great as Dave was as a guide, man, he has a better track record. He has more availability and he knows even more what he's doing to get you from this point to this point. You don't have to know what to do. You got somebody in your life accessible that knows how to get you from your pit to where you're supposed to be. The question is, are we listening In the middle of your bad situation, are you listening? Because here's the deal, and this is what I love about the story. In the middle of this pig pen, in the middle of it, it says when he came to his senses. It wasn't when things got better. That's why he was still hanging out with the pigs. That's why he was still alone. And all his friends left him. He came to his senses. His turnaround moment happened while he was still broke. His turnaround moment happened while he was still embarrassed. His turnaround moment still happened while people were still talking about what he had done. In the middle of his mess, there was a moment that it says, when he came to his senses. And when he came to his senses, he realized there was still hope. When he came to his senses, he realized he still had a father. When he came to his senses, he realized there was still forgiveness. When he came to his senses, he realized there was a better way. And when he came to his senses, he took a step towards home. Right? When he came to his senses, he took a step back to his father. And understand this, every journey starts with a step. Your comeback starts with a step back home. Your comeback, your your way of getting out of this mess and this pit and this pig pen comes with you taking a step towards your father. Check this out. Luke 15, 20. So he got up and started back to his father. He got up and started back to his father. It didn't mean that it immediately got better when he got up and took that first step. It didn't mean that he wasn't having to deal with the consequences from the actions he chose. Didn't mean that he wasn't nervous going home, but he still got up and went back to his father. Didn't mean that he wasn't practicing his speech a hundred times on his way back home, but he got up and went back to his father. It didn't mean that he wasn't embarrassed, that he wasn't ashamed, that he wasn't broke. It didn't mean that he wasn't smelly. Can you imagine? But he got up and he went back to his father. And I love what happened immediately after. It says, and while he was still a long way off, maybe you're nowhere near where you want to be yet. You're at a place where you're, this isn't what it's supposed to look like, not at this stage in my life. And you still feel a long way 
from being where you know you ought to be. You still feel a long way away from home. And it says, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. This guy must have had mom eyes, right? Because if that's me, like when we go to a football game, I got no idea where my girls are. When we're at the Jinx Trojan Stadium, I'm like, Casey's like, oh, I see Charlie. She's four rows up, 10 people in. I'm like, what? I see Chloe. She's six rows up, 10 people in. I'm like, what? How do you see this? She's like, I just know my kids. I'm a better parent. I'm like, you are a better parent. <laughs> I don't know how your moms do it, but your moms are like, yep. Right? And while he was still a far way off, his father saw him coming and filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son embraced him and kissed him. Here's, here's what I love. He ran to him filled with love and compassion, not judgmental, not angry. How could you? You idiot, do you know how you made me look? Not condemning, do you? You wasted everything. What would Dave Ramsey say, right? Like, not, not a... <laughs> he was filled with love and compassion. I want you to think about this. I think about this all the time. You know how bad he had to stink? Like all of you with mid-high boys, you understand right now. You're like, oh, I got it. Smells like onions all the time. Like he, he, he didn't have time for a shower. He didn't have time to tidy up, to put cologne on. This was no first date. This was him coming back home from a bad situation. This is him coming back to his father over a situation that overwhelmed him. And if, this is, if I'm the father, which is a good thing I'm not, <laughs> you need to go shower, and then I'll hug you, son. I can't do smells. Like, I'm just telling you, there's a reason this is so big, because um, it takes it all in. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you smell like pee. Like, go, go, go. No. Like, diapers, I, I, I did my fair share. Casey did more, and she's watching, right? But I was like, I just could I'm, whoo. I'm like, Casey, it just gets up in there, and it stays. It's like a fumigator or something. I'm like, I don't know. Like, look, what's happening, right? But here's what I love. The son's condition wasn't too much for the father. And what's he do? He says, hey, bring out some new, a new robe. Like, like, bring out some good stuff. Bring out some new Jordans for this guy. We're going to put some new kicks on him. Put some bling on his finger. Put a ring on him. Let's cut the big, let's kill the cow. We're going to have a feast. We're going to have a steak dinner. Call in all of our neighbors, all the people that are talking about him and talking about me. Let's invite them. We're going to throw a party because my son that was lost is now found. And if you wait till everybody's done talking about you, you'll never make your way back home. But can I tell you, your heavenly father has a whole lot less to care about and less to do about what everybody else is saying about you than you taking off out of your pen and heading back home because he's ready to awaken the spiritual man and woman that's inside. You haven't blown it. Come to your senses and start turning back to your father. Your comeback starts when you turn back to your father. I close with this. I'm done. I'm done. I got to shut up because there's stuff to do. The other day when we come back home from church, we've got two dogs. We really have one dog and our cat. Um, but our dog's Vader, and he's about a 100-pound dog that's big. And we had left watermelon in the trash, right? Yeah. Vader gets the whole watermelon out, 
takes it, can't, he can't eat it on the tile, right? Because that's way too convenient. Takes it to the white rug, and there's watermelon juice. It looked like somebody did a celebration in an NBA locker room with Pepto-Bismol on my rug. I was like, who won? Like, why, why, what happened? And I, it's me and Charlie, we're, we're coming back home, and she's like, Dad, I need your help. This is a huge mess. And I just, when I, when I see something like that, I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. We're throwing the rug away. I was, I was like, I'm not cleaning that. This is stupid. We've had this rug for two years. Time for a new one, Charlie. Let's just roll it up. What do we need to ask your mother? No, I don't mind asking you. We'll just ask her when she gets back, right? But, but no, I'm gonna. And, and, and all of a sudden, my 17-year-old daughter becomes the adult in the situation. She goes, Dad, I think we can salvage it. What? No, I think this is salvageable. We'll get online, read how to get watermelon juice out of a rug. And like, we would, you know, put some elbow grease in it and do this. And she's like, we can salvage it. I'm like, stop saying salvage. I'm like, <laughs> stop. This is a mess. So she got on, Googled it, some Dawn, some warm soap. And we round, I mean, we spent probably 45 minutes to an hour just scrubbing, scrubbing. I'm just mad. I'm like, stupid dog. Whose dog is this? It's my dog. I'm, who's dumb? And Vader's just over there like he's going to throw up. Oh, so sorry. And I'm just like, ah. So annoyed, right? Here's the crazy thing. All the watermelon stain came out. Um, we were able to save the rug, and the rug actually looks better than it's looked in probably a year and a half because we actually cleaned it. Um, <laughs> we scrubbed it, right? Here's the, here's the great thing. What was overwhelming to me was totally salvageable, Charlie, um, to Charlie. It was. And can I tell you, there's moments you feel like, can't go back home with this, right? Like, I, I got to get some things together before I head back home. In the middle of your mess, hear me, in the middle of your regret, in the middle of your embarrassment, in the middle of everybody else talking about you, in the middle of you hating yourself right now, your situation's still not too much for your father. So come back home. Man, come to your senses and take that step back to your father and let the spiritual giant awake in your life. Let's pray today. God, we love you and we thank you for today. And God, we just, we just stop and we pause because here's the truth. This whole building as full of people that blew it, that have sinned. Your word says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Lord, we've all made a mess at one point in time in our life. And Lord, I pray for that person that feels like they've messed up too big. Lord, I pray for that person that's in the middle of their pen right now in the middle of the mess, in the middle of the regret, in the middle of the embarrassment, in the middle of the anger, in the middle of how did I get here? How is this my reality? And I pray that right in the middle of that, they come to their senses and realize there's still hope. Man, there's still a turnaround. There's still, there's, my father's still waiting on me. 
My situation can't overwhelm him, but a blood-stained cross always overwhelms my situation. Lord, I pray today that they would understand you still have great things in store for them. So I pray today that something clicks, something happens. Lord, they get up and they turn towards their father today. Lord, you would move and you would work. With heads bowed and eyes closed today, if you're here and you say, Justin, man, that's me. Maybe you're at home watching online. That's, that's me. Here's the, other, here's the other deal. Maybe maybe nobody knows. Maybe the secrets you're carrying are weighing you down. Nobody knows the secrets you're carrying. Nobody knows the deception that you're living under. But you say, Justin, today, man, I, I, I need to head home. I need to turn towards home because there's a better way for me to live. That's you. I'm going to count to three, and in just a little bit, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. We're not going to have you stand up. We're not going to lead you to a room. We're not going to embarrass you because we believe this. God sees a hand, and he changes a heart. And today, I'm believing your turnaround's going to happen in three seconds. When I count to three, if that's you, just raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, Three, is there anyone here? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there anyone else? Yeah, yeah. There's hands up all over this place. Yeah. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, I can't even count them. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. You just join these that are there. You're like, it's time for me to take a step home. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, this is my waking up moment, and it's time for me to have a turnaround right in the moment of my mess. Is there anyone else? Before we go any further, don't miss this moment. You say, Justin, that's me, and I'm tired of pretending. I'm tired of faking it, and I just want a change to happen. Is there anyone else before we go any further? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up. But I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living. I repent of it. And I turn towards you. And I grab hold of the life you have for me. I ask that your grace and your love would enter my life. Jesus, I confess you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Can we give these many people a huge round of applause, foundations? What an awesome, awesome moment, man. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.